Welcome back to the 411 Podcasting Network. I am your host, Larry Zonka, and this is episode 29 of the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course the 411mania.com website. Please make sure to subscribe and share the show around if you have a chance, and also leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Today I am joined by the good brother Jeremy Lambert. Jeremy, how are you? I am doing well. It feels like it's been a while, Larry. I know it does. It's it's, it's odd. Yeah, we uh we did a bunch of shows kind of like tightly together, and then I got the got to run the Steve Cook ECW Raw episode we talked about, and yeah, but that, that's okay. We're gonna be getting back into swing of things because we got stomping grounds and we got G one to talk about, and then we'll have um, best in the world and fighter fest and all kind of stuff. Slammiversary after that, and the G one and. Yeah, it's just, it's going to be a busy, busy time. The break was kind of nice from all the usual wrestling madness because it's going to get crazy in the summer and then it's going to get even crazier in the fall. Yes, it is. and uh, But that is good for us. It's very good for us. I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with more stuff to cover because that's more money in our pockets. That is right. So today, like I said, we're going to talk uh, Stomping Grounds and the New Japan G1 stuff that's been announced. And uh, yeah, it'll be a a good time had by all. So Jeremy, let us start with uh, the show that is apparently going to kick ass and take names because they've said it like 900 times. Uh, (laughs) WWE Stomping Grounds, which is unfortunately not um, presented to us by the Lugs Boot of the Week. And um, we will start off. We have SmackDown Tag Team Champions Daniel Bryan and Rowan defending against Heavy Machinery. Your thoughts? It's too early to take the titles off of Bryan and Rowan. They should. I mean, they should build this whole division around them because this division sucks on the SmackDown side. Like, I can't name you another tag team outside of these guys. Um, so they, they should keep going with Brian and Rowan here. Match probably won't be much of anything because I don't think it'll be long enough to be much of anything. Brian will do good work. Otis is over. I'll, I'll give them that. The, this guy is very charismatic, and the crowd is, is into him. Heavy Machinery as a team, their actual work isn't – like I've never seen them in an actual long match, and so I can't judge them on that. But Brian's good. He'll make anybody look good. It'll probably be fine for what it is, and hopefully they keep the titles on Brian and Rowan. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I would not take the titles off of Brian and Rowan right now. First of all, they're a way better team than I ever expected them to be. I actually really enjoy the dynamic. I think they work well together. Number two, there's just too much potential still to work out with their title run. I think you can still do a lot more with them. I think Heavy Machinery, they're they're fun. And um, I think they'll be working hard because this is a big test for them in a, their first major pay-per-view match. Um I mean, it's WWE, so I wouldn't rule out the title change, but I think it would be a mistake. So hopefully they don't do it. But I think the match will probably be fun. Uh, Brian and Rowan have been good. And uh, like I said, I think Heavy Machinery will work hard. Yeah, agreed. Next up, Cruiserweight Champion Tony Nese versus Drew Gulak versus Akira Tozawa. Back on June 11th on 205 Live, there was a Fatal Five-Way for the number one contendership. 
Gulak and Tozawa were battling up top, and they did the old superplex into the double pin finish. Uh, instead of just having them face off to get one contender, they just announced this week that they both won, and that they're both getting title shots. So, there you go. And normally that kind of annoys me, but Gulak is really great, is really great, so I don't so much mind... Uh, the story going in was Nice really wanted to face Tazawa because he wanted to test himself and prove that he could hang with the former champion. He has a ton of history with Gulak, and I like Gulak coming back with the uh, the new attitude. And He doesn't give a shit about making 205 a lot better anymore. He just wants to be the best Drew Gulak, and he's going to do that shit by any means necessary. Uh, Tony Nice has been fine as champion, but they haven't given him a chance to really set the world on fire by any means. And um, I would not be surprised if they pulled a title change here. And if they do, it would be Gulak, I think, for the best. Your thoughts? I'd, I'd be a little surprised if it was a title change simply because it seems like on the 205 Live side, they kind of like these these longer title runs. Um, nice certainly hasn't lit the world on fire, but he was also he got like Davari in his first title defense and nothing against that guy, but no one really saw him as a, a credible challenger. So Gulak and Tozawa are certainly much more credible challengers for him. Match should be good. 205 Live matches typically deliver, even if they don't get a ton of time. It'll be in the pre-show death slot, I'm, I'm sure, which sucks, but they'll work hard. They'll get the crowd into it. Um, yeah, I, I think Nice wins. I, I wouldn't hate it if if Gulak wins, I, I've liked his character really since he dropped the whole PowerPoint stuff, and that's been a while. But he's he's been exceptional on 205 Live. Tazawa, I've always I've always liked, and I don't have an issue with him. But I, I think Nice is going to get at least another uh, couple months, maybe up until till SummerSlam with the title, just because that's what they seem to do with that title is is establish the champion a little bit. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that. I just, uh, it kind of feels like they've treaded water with Gulak for so long, and he's really good. And I keep thinking, like, if he doesn't get the title soon, it's going to be, like, way too late when he eventually does. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Nice retained. I'm just, I'm kind of thinking it's time for Gulak, and I hope it is. But we shall see what happens. And I agree, it'll, it'll probably be really good. Um, they'll work hard. The crowd won't be in it at the beginning. They'll eventually work them into it. It'll be like every 205 live match. They'll they'll work their asses off until they make people care. Because it's not like the company's helping them make you know people care. So, but yeah, yeah. looking looking forward to it. It's a uh, and again, all three guys really good. So, no complaints. Next up, Big E and Xavier Woods will face Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Your thoughts? Should be good. Um, all four of these guys are great. Uh, Xavier's singles match against Dolph Ziggler on Tuesday was really good. Uh, Xavier, I don't want to say he's underrated because it seems like a knock against the guy. I think a lot of people know how good he is. He just doesn't get to show it too often. But every time he's in the ring, like he always delivers. Biggie's great. Sammy's great. Kevin's great. Should be a good match. Probably won't get a ton of time. I'm of two minds of this match in that it seems like Owens and Zayn should win because they, they took losses on television this past week. But at the same time, you need title challengers for Brian and Rowan. 
and New Day against Brian and Rowan see is a very easy story to tell with with the history with Brian and Kofi and now New Day going after the tag team titles and trying to have New Day hold all the gold on SmackDown. So I, it could go either way. I'm leaning towards a New Day victory to set up the the Brian and Rowan program. Fair point on the tag division because it is weak outside of the champions. Um, yeah, on, on the Xavier Woods thing, I, I think it's not so much underrated but underappreciated because you look at New Day and Kofi's the champion and the guy that's been there forever. Everybody looks at Big E as this, you know, he's he's an awesome power guy and he's really charismatic. And then, like, I think a lot of people look at Xavier Woods like, yeah, he's the video game guy that, like, you know, has cool hair sometimes. And they don't think much of him until, like, you know, you see a match like he had Tuesday night and it was real good and... You know, he just, you know, when he gets a chance, he obviously shines. And he and uh, Big E work really well together as a team. They usually deliver on pay-per-view. Kevin and Sammy are great. Obviously, a lot of history as a team as well. So, yeah, this could be very good to great depending on how much time they get and how much freedom they get. Um, You make a great point about the New Day win. um, But I I think Kevin and Sammy just desperately need a win because they've been fucking beaten like drums. And they're just, if they don't win at all, they have, like, no viable credibility as heels, as a threat going forward. Because they really haven't won much at all since they've been back. And I think they really need a win here, especially after losing it twice on TV this week. And hopefully this has not made a random two out of three falls match for no reason. (laughs) I, I like that WWE is just adding stipulations that don't, seem to add anything to the match in, in these past two shows i i said on twitter that it's like they're playing smackdown versus raw and playing gm mode and anytime you play those games if you add like a stipulation to the match even if it doesn't make any sense like it just boosts the match rating and that's what i think they they feel is happening here i i it's it's a weird thing. I do like that they're not doing the traditional heel wins the first fall, babyface comes back. Like they've done clean sweeps on on all of this stuff, and that is a nice little break from the usual formula on this. It's random. It's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but at least they're doing something different with it. Yeah, I just I wonder who the hell's been watching like two out of three falls matches and went to Vince like I got a great idea, boss. You know, we're we're to run. We <laughs> Maybe need, we need to do a tag match tonight, and we'll make it two out of three falls to spice it up. And do Vince, do you think that they they feel this gives away more wrestling because the knock is obviously, hey, there's not enough wrestling in WWE, so they're like, well, this is two matches in one right here. I th- that's probably how they justified. Although they totally did the Arena Mexico thing and had like Kofi pin Sammy in ten seconds for the first ball on SmackDown, which I liked. I actually no liked that, that that was fine, but it was like yeah, that's a like total Arena Mexico thing where they do like a fall in thirty seconds and then like they'll do like a three minute second fall and then it's like the third fall is like twenty. <laughs> but uh, no, that that was nice and unexpected and it played off of things well. But yeah, it's just. In their mind, it probably like yes, we're giving them double the wrestling, and they, they don't even realize it. So, it's good shit, pal. It's always good shit, pal. So, next up, uh, U.S. Champion Samoa Joe facing Ricochet. 
On Monday's Raw, Ricochet went a fatal five-way to earn the title shot. Uh, not a lot of background on the match, but I find this a welcome addition to the card. First of all, it's a fresh matchup. Joe will likely be motivated to deliver because he gets to work with someone new, and Ricochet is getting his first ma- major uh, singles pay-per-view match. So, you know he's going to be out to impress, and that boy does some crazy shit. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. This one feels like it could definitely be very good and possibly even great if they get the time. Uh, Joe just got the title back following the Ray injury and the botched finish at the pay-per-view last time and all that. So, I don't think a title change is likely because it would feel just like changing it for no reason. But I definitely wouldn't be opposed to it because Ricochet is awesome. Uh, But I think Joe retains. Yeah, I... I'm torn on this one as well because Joe Joe's a guy who doesn't necessarily need the title. He's he's great in any aspect and he's always going to be over and a threat based on his his appearance and his his work on the mic and his his aggressiveness in the ring. And then Ricochet, you could put the title on this guy and you can do a lot of different things with him you could potentially do the the open challenge gimmick again with him and then you know you've got the the wild card so you can maybe not have uh kevin owens and kofi kingston and roman reigns be the guys who show up every week and you get like a i don't know a chad gable pop up on raw to answer the open challenge and you get a ricochet chad gable match which fuck yes yeah um so you you can do that whole thing uh, I hope they do get the time because Joe has like we've talked about these these Joe and Mysterio matches where we were really excited for them and then something goes wrong and they get like two minutes and it's like well that fucking sucks. I, I hope they're they're able to to get the time in this match because yeah, Joe against Ricochet sounds like a banger on paper. If you give them, I mean, even like eight to ten minutes, they they can deliver just based on their uh, styles. Yeah, and it's it's the perfect formula too because Joe like it's like we talked about with the Joe and Ray matches as well. Um, just Joe is such a great fucking bully, and then you have a really athletic and fiery baby face to juxtapose against him, and that just works. I mean, you look back at like the Joe and AJ matches in TNA. Fuck Joe versus Chris Saban, Joe versus Sanjay Dutt. Like whenever he worked with someone like that always worked well because he played his bully role so well and the other guys were just great athletic fiery baby faces so yeah this this definitely has a ton of potential i really hope they get the time um i i, I agree that like ricochet obviously could use the win more especially if they go with like the fighting champion open challenge stuff just to get him on tv every week working you know 10 to 15 minute matches just letting him be ricochet would be great. So we'll see what happens. But uh, I definitely like the match. Fresh match definitely has potential. So positive addition to the card for sure. Just give them time to deliver. That's all I'm asking. Give them at least eight minutes. That's all I want. Yeah, I mean, I'm not asking for like 30 minutes, man. You, If I can get like 10 to 15, that's like a great window. You know, I mean, I would love that. Hopefully there's no fucked up finish in two minutes and... Or somebody getting hurt. That's the last thing we fucking need with this title. It's cursed. So, but uh, yeah, hopefully it. Uh, hopefully they get the time because I'm really excited for that. 
So next up is the big dog versus Drew McIntyre. Your thoughts? It seems like a rebound win for Roman. They're they're heat. They've heated up Drew on television by giving him some some wins, mainly against the Miz. It's. I don't have an issue with Roman. They're telling the story the wrong way. I I I really hope that Shane McMahon interferes, and I never thought I would want Shane McMahon more on my television. But I hope he interferes and costs Roman the match, and like let Roman. We talked about this when he lost to Shane, and it was again just the wrong story they're trying to tell. But let Roman show a little bit of vulnerability there, losing back-to-back matches on on big events. Then he'll come back, he'll overcome everything, and and it'll be fine. He'll stand tall. Um, but they they've got to do something with Drew. Like they they talk about heating this guy up. You you hear about their they have big plans for him. And then he just keeps losing all of these matches. You've got to give this guy a signature win at some point. And, and this would be the opportunity to do it. I, I like the way they've presented Drew lately. I like the way they presented Roman on, on Raw. Like, fuck talking. He just went back there and whooped some ass. And that's the way Roman Reigns should be presented. I don't know how good the match is going to be. The WrestleMania match was a, was a clunker, but that... It was Roman's first singles match in in many months, and he was coming off uh, the leukemia, so it's tough to hold that one against them. This match, uh, and you can't hold the Shane McMahon match against them. That was poorly laid out, and he was wrestling Shane McMahon. I have some hopes that this match will be good. Roman will probably win because that's what they do, but I'm crossing my fingers for some type of Drew McIntyre victory. Yeah, I'm... Overall, I'm like not thrilled with the match. Uh, the Shane versus Roman stuff feels like a really piss poor attempt to recreate Austin versus McMahon, and in that regard, it's failing because you, you're not going to get that magic back. Because Shane isn't Vince in the '90s, and no offense to the big dog, he's no Steve Austin. And then these two faced at Mania, and while it wasn't bad, I thought it was disappointing. It feels like Roman gets the rebound win, but. I don't think McIntyre can afford another major loss because it seems like every time he's about to move forward, it's 10 steps back, and that would be the case again. I hope it's better than Mania. I could see Shane and or Elias getting involved, um, and I, you know, McIntyre, honestly, I think should win here you, you know, via Roman getting screwed. And then you do the rumored handicap match with like Reigns versus Shane and McIntyre at Extreme Rules with some wacky stipulation. Reigns can finally overcome then and pin Shane. And then they can move on from this, hopefully far, far away, and separate Drew and Roman, which they should be anyway because they are on separate shows. Are they? I allegedly remember. I legitimately do not remember. I like this the perfect setup for this seems to be Shane interferes and then you do the the two on one handicap match as you said at, at extreme rules with some type of gimmick uh attached to the match and then Shane or not Shane fuck Roman pins Shane in the match and then then you move on. And so McIntyre never eats a fall uh to Roman. He you know, he beats him on Sunday and then Shane eats the fall in the in the handicap match. Like that keeps McIntyre protected and strong 
and you can come back and do the singles match down the line maybe when they're on the same brands again or or whatever um yeah like that that seems to be the way to go that's typically not how WWE will do things yeah so we will see what happens but I, i really feel drew needs the win badly so and they keep like teasing they're gonna do things with him it's like you need to eventually do something and like he, I I want it to go on like you said to where Roman beats Shane, the feud ends, and you get Drew away from Shane because there are a lot of people like I kind of like Drew as Shane's lackey, and I'm like, no, that's kind of the problem. He shouldn't be a lackey. It's like he should be portrayed, if anything, more like an assassin, not a fucking lackey. He's not Elias. Yeah, you know, I no, don't. No fucking offense to Elias, but come on. I don't view Drew as Shane's lackey. Like I do uh, view him as the the muscle of of the group, and kind of like, hey, th- this is my big guy. Who, if you try to mess with me, he's gonna take you out. Elias is definitely the more like comedy lackey uh, type guy. The the problem I have with the whole thing is he's protecting like Shane McMahon, and it's. It's a good story with with the wrong people, and then you throw the Miz on there as well, who was just beaten like a drum every single week. Like I liked the Miz's promo on SmackDown, uh, criticizing like you're on television way too much, dude. Like just go away. And it's probably what I mean. It, it's definitely what a lot of people feel. The problem with it is you have a Raw guy appearing on SmackDown saying that this guy is taking up too much time on SmackDown. Like, dude, you're not even on this show. Why are you the one delivering this? And then you get beat like a drum anyway. So I I like this story. I truly do. They're using the wrong people to deliver this story. I can agree with that for sure, man. So Moving on, SmackDown Women's Championship champion Bailey defending against Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bailey, of course, won the title back at Money in the Bank and is revisiting her old rivalry with Alexa Bliss. Uh, Bliss is a wild card, which makes me feel like her chances of winning, even with Nikki Cross in her corner, aren't very good. And honestly, this feels like a redemption angle for Bailey because if we remember when she was Raw Women's Champion, it was the feud with Alexa Bliss that pretty much cut off and destroyed the Bailey character for a long time because of the poor booking and just bad match layouts and the bad segments and like the 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 attempted at trying to do this is your life bullshit again and all that and just bad 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 stuff. Uh, so Bliss winning the title really doesn't make sense to me right now. Plus, I I think there's I I'm more into the whole Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross partnership, you know, relationship stuff. That's I think it's been a lot of fun and really interesting. You know, it's like is Alexa just good, the evil bitch using her? Will she turn on Nikki? Is Nikki using her? What's gonna happen? I actually like that. So I'm more concerned with that. But I think Bailey should win and continue her run for a while. Another match that I'm I'm torn on like this is this show is a lot of rematches and this is one of the fresher matches at least in, in recent memory and it feels like there's some type of DQ finish where Nikki Cross gets involved or, or does something 
and then you set up the the rematch for Extreme Rules, and that's where Bailey gets the revenge. Because wasn't it Extreme Rules last time where they pretty much killed Bailey with the kendo stick? Yes, that that's a very good point. There you go. I like that. So it, it comes full circle for for Bailey at Extreme Rules um, next month. That's my inkling that that they do here. Uh, I, I I'm with you. I love the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross dynamic. Alexa is. She's a very, very good professional wrestler when it comes to uh, just her mannerisms, her her mic work. She's she's fine in the ring, but she she's very good at what she does. She Bailey excels shown, at the character work and everything yeah. else on top of it. Yeah, yeah, and I think Nikki Cross has held her own with with this story as well. We've seen a different side of her, uh, kind of a, a more monotone, calm down, but she goes crazy when she needs to. Bailey has shown some good fire in this feud, like snapping, um, like the 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 words that set her off on on Tuesday, where it's like, okay, if you're this nice person, like why is that getting to you? If you're this nice person, why are you coming out and sitting ringside for this tag team match um, that has nothing to do with you? Just because this person is talking bad about you, uh, they they've shown not an edgier Bailey in this feud and i don't know if that's going to continue i but i feel like they are setting up the the rematch for extreme rules where that's where bailey kind of exercises um those demons but i really like this feud I, I think they've done they've done an exceptional job with it yeah i i like your layout there because you could do like the dq finish and you can do the dq finish and that also adds because if nikki cross gets involved and causes it Obviously, Bailey still retains via DQ, and that can cause more drama between her and Bliss and that whole thing. And then, as you said, you come full circle at Extreme Rules. That's actually a, a really good idea. I like that. They probably won't do it because it's such a good idea, but hey, well, you know. <laughs> Hopefully they do. No, I, I like that, though. That's really good. I didn't even think of it like that, but that's definitely a good idea. I like it. Give me the pen. That's right. Give me the book, brother. So... Next up, uh, we'll stick with the ladies. Raw Women's Championship match. Champion Becky Lynch versus Lacey Evans. Back at Money in the Bank, these two had an okay match. Becky Lynch retained clean as a sheet via submission after a slightly botched ref finish. And then uh, Evans cost her the SmackDown Championship versus Charlotte. They've admitted on TV that Becky beat her clean. And it's just a rematch because Lacey's annoyed her and Becky's still pissed off. And that's fine, but Lacey already lost clean, and if she loses again, she just comes off as a loser. I wouldn't do it, but the title change wouldn't surprise me. But I just, it just doesn't feel like the right time. I I don't think Lacey Evans is bad, but I don't think she's exactly a hot character. You know, Becky's still over. I don't think there's a reason to take the title off of her right now. And, um, yeah, I don't know. But I think Becky should retain. They'll probably do some kind of bullshit finish, too, here. Or possibly, possibly here as well to do another rematch. And God knows. I think they're advertised for fucking Clash of Champions in September, too. So, fuck, they just may feud for, like, the rest of the year. Who the hell knows? <laughs> I wouldn't put too much stock in that Clash of Champions advertising just because that's that shit always changes. Um, I'm with you that they've almost booked themselves into a corner here. 
it's tough to beat Lacey on back-to-back shows clean and have her come off as credible, at least for the next for foreseeable future. Uh, she wasn't, I don't feel even she was that credible to begin with because she was the girl who walked out and did nothing. And then she won one match and then got a title shot. And then she lost that match. And now I don't think she's won since maybe she has, but she, she keeps getting, she gets another title shot for some reason. So she's not credible to begin with. I I think her character work is good. She, she's very good in this role. She's just not a, a hot character right now. The problem is I also don't think you can beat Becky this soon again like she won wrestlemania she she captured both titles it was the big moment at wrestlemania you took one title off of her the very next pay-per-view now you're going to take the other title off of her the pay-per-view after that it it almost makes wrestlemania feel meaningless because within two months you've undone the entire build up to that story, that entire moment of the the double champion and, and Becky being the man, and now she's just she's chasing the titles again. And okay, it's fine, but give her that sustained run and let her not necessarily run through everything, but just give her a, a good sustained run. Like Austin didn't chase his entire career; he had lengthy runs with the title. And that's what Becky should have had after WrestleMania. I mean, Austin, his crowning moment was WrestleMania 14. He lost the the title win uh, October, the the Undertaker feud. Am I remembering that correctly? I am not sure offhand. Okay. We're old. Our memories aren't as good as they used to be. This is true. Uh, I, I think it was the, the Undertaker-Kane feud where he got screwed out of the title. And that led to... The, the Rock winning the, the title at Survivor Series, right? That was all 1998. I'm pretty sure my, my memory is, is correct yeah. on that. So so he held, he held the title. Basically, he held the title. He, he actually, he lost it for one night uh, to, to Kane at, at King of the Ring, and then he got it back. So he basically held the title from WrestleMania to just before Survivor Series. Here, you're, you're taking the belt, two belts, two belts. Becky two belts off of her within two months. It's a little bit too much. I feel Becky wins. Lacey, you can kind of afford to to cool her off because she wasn't that hot to begin with. Yeah, uh, like you said, uh, I agree. They kind of booked themselves into a corner with it, and it um it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. But um, yeah, it's um I think it, it'd be a mistake to have Lacey lose. But then again, it's a mistake to have Becky lose so create a finish maybe in order here we'll see what happens speaking of rematches Universal Champion Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin this is of course your rematch from Saudi Mania 3 um the match was pretty solid but had a completely dead crowd and a poorly done finish where the babyface essentially got help to win from the ref setting up this match I really have no desire to watch another Baron Corbin-style main event match. They've been teasing that he is going to have a special guest referee. At the time of this uh, podcast, they have not announced that. Um, We'll see what happens. Uh, Hopefully with a livelier crowd and having worked together previously, this match will be 
better. Um, you know, I could see Brock or Heyman being the special referee to play into the possible cash-in. But um, I don't know. I just think it's probably going to end in an overbooked mess. Hopefully Seth wins and Baron Corbin does not. And hopefully we can move on from Baron Corbin for a long time. Put the title on Baron Corbin, you cowards. You shut your whore mouth. (laughs) Put the title on this man. Fuck Seth Rollins. Give me Baron Corbin going to TGI Fridays with the belt and the double vest, making fun of all the, the random patrons who are there bragging, saying, yeah, I used to wait tables here. Now I'm the champion. Now wait on me. This is good shit, pal. You probably just gave Vince his next angle. Good job. <laughs> He's going to listen to this podcast and be like, eh, the Bailey Alexa idea, sure, whatever. But that Baron Corbin idea, oh, got to use that one. Goddamn, pal. <laughs> uh, Rollins will will and should win this match. I, I don't think this match is going to be that bad. I don't know who the special guest referee is going to be. It's It's... They were supposed to announce it on Monday and never did. I do like the angle of Rollins just bashing everyone with a chair. It kind of gave Rollins that, again, a, a little bit of an edge as a babyface, and I'm completely, I'm completely fine with that. Um, the the match should be fine. I I think they had a good match at Super Showdown. Just the the Saudi crowd didn't really care. Um, I don't know if there's going to be enough people in this crowd to care. Um, Rollins will win. Who do you think is, is will be the the special guest referee? Because I have an idea, and I don't know why they wouldn't have gone with this idea, but actually announced it. I honestly have no idea. Tell me yours. Well, mine was, and it seems like a simple idea, is like it's Brock. But if you're going to do Brock based on ticket sales, which are reportedly not good, why wouldn't you announce Brock? Yeah, exactly. To have him show up on Sunday would just be like, wow, you kind of left some money on the table there. Um, And that's why I don't know if it's going to be Brock. Outside of that, I'm kind of with you. I don't have any early idea who it's going to be. Maybe it'll be Earl Hebner. You're going to break that AEW contract for a WWE payday. (laughs) I mean, Earl would do it. Well, Earl's going to wherever, whoever's paying him some cash. I mean, this is a guy that, like, went 20 years selling I Screwed Brett shirts. So, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Earl Earl is going you whoever's buying him uh buying the two for one t shirts off of him. That's where he's going. Yeah, so we'll see what happens and um I'm just afraid it's gonna break into a total shit fest overbooked uh match with the whole special ref stuff, but uh we will see what happens. And the final match in yet another rematch, WWE champion Kofi Kingston defending against Dolph Ziggler. A rematch from Saudi Mania 3 where valiant babyface Dolph Ziggler was screwed out of winning the title by the nefarious heels The New Day because Xavier Woods got involved. I mean, in all, in all honesty, that's basically what happened. It was a complete instance of back-asswards booking and we get a rematch inside a steel cage. And I've said this like a hundred times. 
Uh, 90% of WWE cage matches suck. They have no structure. They usually don't keep anybody out. There's usually not a lot of heat. Everybody dances around so we don't get accidental blood. And I'm not saying anybody needs to blade and do a gusher. What I'm saying is, is can we just have a match where they fucking go at it and if somebody gets accidentally busted open, just have the ref wipe it off like you always fucking do. It's not a big deal, okay? I get not wanting blading. I'm fine with that. But the thing is, when you have them like tiptoeing around and working like they're on eggshells and afraid, it really kills the flow and energy of a cage match, which should be heated in theory. So I hope that I'm wrong. I hope they succeed here. I hope they have a great match. I don't know if they will, but I hope that they do. Uh, they need to overcome the, the lack of believability that many have in Ziggler actually winning. If they can actually do that, that will lead to a success. But Kofi should retain because I just can't imagine Dolph being the champion right now. Dolph isn't winning this match. They're, they would be crazy to to uh, to put the title on Ziggler. They've built Kofi really, really well. I don't know if you, you saw the stat that he's won like 40 straight matches and like 18 straight televised matches. Like this guy... They've put this guy over so strong on television with with all these victories, even on um, I guess it was I guess it was Smackdown um, where he hit the trouble in paradise immediately on Sami Zayn and got the victory like they put his finish over right there. It's like, yeah, this guy. That's the thing. It's amazing. in pro wrestling, Jeremy, is that if you build somebody up through a series of wins with an established move and you get the crowd to care about them with a good story. And then after you've done a story, you keep having them win with this move that is beating everybody. They get credibility. It's an amazing thing. WWE not always good at doing that. So the (laughs) fact that they've done it, the fact that they've done it with Kofi Kingston is is very surprising because that's usually reserved for, I mean, in the last however many years, Roman and... Cena, that's like it, but they're giving Kofi that build right now, and it's honestly flown a little bit under the radar. Like I'm not like, and that's good. Like I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It it has not been forced and shoved down your throat. Like oh, this guy's overcoming the odds. Like he he's just out there, and he like it's been so organic and natural, and it's amazing when that happens. It's it's. The Kofi story is one of the best stories, maybe the best story in, in professional wrestling as far as on screen goes uh, this, this year. And they've almost lucked into it. But I give them credit because they've they've really turned it into something and they've kept this guy strong. You know, we thought when he won the title, he would just kind of be maybe a fluke joke champion. And it's been nothing like that. Like This guy has been booked really strong. That's why I can't see Ziggler beating him here. I, I think the match will be fine. I, I like Kofi's work. I think Ziggler does good work as well. I don't know how the cage match stipulation is going to work because, as you said, WWE cage matches are usually pretty bland as of late, and it's not even just the blood. It's just the stipulation doesn't work. Nobody stays out or nothing. Um, my, like, my idea is that... Uh, they're climbing kofi gets a hold of him and then ziggler and his slick ass hair 
slips through the hands of Kofi and then Ziggler wins. What do you think? That sounds amazing. <laughs> That's almost as good as the way Shane won. It's Baron almost. Corbin and Dolph Ziggler as your world champions. Well, that would be something <laughs> that would make me want to not watch anymore. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I, I hope, I mean, they're talented, man, so hopefully it's a good match, and hopefully it has some good heat to it. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I, I don't buy Dolph, so hopefully they can create some spots where it's believable that he can win to make it feel worth it. And, uh, yeah, um, Kofi, I, and I largely agree with I, I The Kofi stuff has been really good. I have seen some people every once in a while doing, oh, look, Super Kofi won again. He kicked out of three Blue Thunder Bombs. If it was anybody else, they would cry that they kicked out of three Sami Zayn finishers. And I'm like, well, the Blue Thunder Bomb isn't his finish. But, okay, go the ahead. The Blue Thunder Bomb has beaten, like, one person. Exactly. In Sami's entire run. Exactly. So, and, um... I think you're ignoring the real greatest story in wrestling, which is the drunk American uh, knife pervert John Moxley adopting his Japanese son Shota Umino. Yeah, that's a good story as well. Uh, <laughs> that is amazing, dude. I love that is that. really that that is really good as well. I I will I will give you that one. No, but no, um, the Kofi. You're right there. The Kofi story is in really well, and it's it is amazing what happens when someone gets organically over. Then the company gets behind them. And then, like I said, you establish them by having them beat people with an established finish. It's like, hey, look, this guy's a star. This guy's the champion. He had his fucking move. He's going to win. It's like, holy shit. Yes, that's how you build a star. So, yeah, it's been very nice to see. And like you said, it's, um, it's nice because they don't always follow up and do it well. And they have here. And hopefully, you know, I like the Kofi title run. It's... I'm not going to say it's just like over the top excellence, but I like a lot of the matches. I like Kofi's energy. I like a lot of the promo stuff and it's been fun. And it was nice to get a really great payoff at mania with a good story. And then the fact that they've been able to continue it. So yeah, Kofi should definitely win here. And, um, that will be the, uh, stomping grounds, 2019 card. Do you think, um, do you think Rollins and Corbin main events because of the special referee stip, or do you think the steel cage match main events? <sighs> um, neither of them, and it, it's a lot on Corbin and, and Ziggler. Yeah. Like neither match feels like a big main event to me. I that and that's sort of my problem with this show is no match really feels like hey this match should should be the main event bailey and alexa is is probably my main event and that might end in a dq i think corbin and and rollins probably ends up main events because of the the special guest referee stipulation especially if they don't reveal it beforehand so you get this big reveal at the end that'll probably be a letdown but it'll be like seth overcoming and and keeping the title so I, i would guess that that title main events that's what I'm thinking too, because I also think they want to keep the the possible Brock Cash and tease going, and if that's the last match and Brock hasn't shown up yet, depending on the referee thing, yeah, kind of makes sense to go ahead and main event with that. So, Paul Heyman, like Paul Heyman, is sort of the other option as the special guest referee. He said he wasn't going to do it on uh, Raw, but. 
Paul Heyman is a known liar, so he got out of getting bashed with a steel chair by by Seth Rollins. So if Paul Heyman wanders out there and is the guest referee, like that would make some sense to me. And yeah, then you get the possibility of the uh, the Brock tease as well. Fair enough. So that is the Stomping Grounds preview. Make sure you join us on Sunday night for a full coverage of the pay-per-view. And then Jeremy and I will be recording a post-show wrap-up after that. And uh, real quick before we move on to G1 Talk, uh, remember you're listening to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. You can follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and of course the 411mania.com website. Make sure to subscribe and share, and if if you have time, leave a five-star review on iTunes. So Jeremy, next we are going to talk about the New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 29. And uh, the field has been announced, and all the main matches have been announced, and we're going to kind of take a look through here and talk about some potential bangers here on this tour which there is going to be a lot first of all i want to look at a block and uh we'll list off a block and tell me if you feel anybody is missing we have koto abushi kenta okada tanahashi osprey archer evil bad luck Fallet, sonata and zack saber jr representing block a uh, anybody in there you really don't want and somebody you feel maybe should be in their place Suzuki should always be in the G1. I I realize that the man is older and maybe he doesn't want to go through the the G1 grind, but it's also Minoru Suzuki. So he should always be in the G1. Um, I I have to pull up the, the list for myself and I'm very behind as my computer runs super slow right now. Give me one moment and I will tell you who I don't like in this block. I, I like the block overall. I know the uh, the first night in Dallas is going to going to be block A and we're getting some some really strong matches out of that. I like Lance Archer's inclusion. I know some people have been upset about that, but he's done a lot of good work promoting this show. He had it, we saw it in the uh, New Japan Cup where he had that great match against Osprey, and they're doing the rematch in, in Dallas um, on night one, and they'll probably have a, another great match here. And I think he can have some good matches, especially uh, with with the people in this block. Fale is the, the guy who sticks out like a sore thumb, but as we kind of talked about previously, you need those nights off. And Fale is a night off for a lot of guys. And he's always presented strong in this tournament. Like he always ends up with like eight to 10 points or something is is his usual average. Um, Kevin Kelly will remind everyone what his usual average is. So he's always presented as a, as a strong option. So a win over him does mean a little something overall. Like I like this block. It's a, it's a really strong block. Yeah. Um, the thing with Fale is, is I hope they don't repeat the bullshit booking from last year with all the DQ stuff, and that was just annoying night after night. Um, he yeah. usually does really well with Tanahashi and Okada because they drag the best out of him. Uh, I'm sure Osprey and Ibushi will pull some good stuff out of him. But, um, I mean, yeah, if I had a choice, I'd definitely boot Bad Luck Fale for Suzuki or Kojima. 
Um, and I, I like Lance Archer in here too because he uh he had a banger with Osprey in the New Japan Cup, and he um there a few, years ago when he was in the uh, G1, uh, God, I think it was probably 2014. He had some really, really good and great stuff. And um, hopefully he can recapture some of that. He looks extra motivated. And like I said, he's done a lot of work uh, locally to promote the show. So, yeah. So, night one in Dallas, Jeremy. Uh, I want you to give me banger, good, or other. We'll go match by match. Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. You there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think I had my microphone muted. Uh, probably, probably banger. Okay. Uh, I think definitely has banger potential. Evil versus bad luck valet. Other. Okay. Will Osprey and Lance Archer. Banger. Same. Okada and Tanahashi. It's it's Okada and Tanahashi. Like it's gonna be a banger. Okay. Kota Ibushi versus Kenta. The Kenta thing is we're we're gonna see. But it's tough to envision Kota Ibushi having a bad match, so most likely a banger. Yeah, I think um, Kenta looks extra fucking fired up. He's in good shape. Hopefully, he has the WWE stank off of him after just that bad run, which was you know the injuries and lack of motivation and everything, and you know between that and the bulking. So hopefully he, uh, hopefully we see some glimpses of the old Kenta because. There's definitely a lot of chances for him to have great matches. Night two, which is going to be on the 13th, B Block, Hiroki Goto versus Jay White. Hey, let's run down the B Block. Okay, Goto and Jay White, Juice Robinson and Shingo, Naito and uh, Yano, Tomohiro Ishii and Jeff Cobb, Big Lads, and John Moxley and Tai Chi. Uh, tai Chi could, could go because Tai Chi can always go. Otherwise, this is a. Like it's another good block. There's so much talent in this G1, and Yano. A lot of people are going to be upset about him, but again, you need those nights off, and Yano is is that night off for everyone. And Tai Chi might even be considered a night off, but everyone else, like you're getting a great match out of everyone else. Agreed. Uh, and y- Yano's run last year was actually a ton of fun when he was doing fair play Yano and trying to actually wrestle and stuff, and it, it was a lot of fun. So. Hopefully he can recreate some of that because I don't mind the short Yano matches because they're really nice on those early mornings sometimes. You know, knock out like a three-minute match and move on to the next thing. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. So we'll go uh, Goto versus Jay White. Banger, good, or other? Probably good. Goto, I don't even recall the last time he's wrestled. Like He's been off the last couple of tours. But Jay White's really good, so so probably good. Yeah, definitely good. Juice Robinson and Shingo. Again, probably good, maybe creeping towards Banger. Shingo's awesome. Juice is, is very good, but I don't see it as like a like a classic, at least on paper. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Probably very good to Banger territory. Naito and Yano. Banger. <laughs> Big Tom Ishii versus the wholesome wrestle lad Jeff Cobb. Yeah, definite Banger. Fuck yes. John Moxley and Tai Chi. Yeah. Um, probably good. I think Tai Chi will kind of show the the uh, the same side of himself that we saw against Ishii, which, which would be in his best interest. And, I mean, Moxley's going to have his work cut out for him here. 
I agree. Uh, it definitely has a chance to be ugly, I will say that, but hopefully not. Night three, back to A block. Tanahashi and Kenta. Probably good. Uh, that could be upgraded to banger based on how Kenta looks against Kota Obushi. And if Tanahashi will probably be motivated, but uh, we, we say this about Tanahashi every year. Like, what kind of condition is he in? Yeah, exactly. I, I think I think uh, optimistically good, and obviously if both guys are feeling good and everything's working well, possible banger. Kota Ibushi and Evil. Probably good. I, I think that's uh, I think that's in banger territory for me. Okada okay. versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, banger. Definitely. Osprey and Sonata. Banger. Fuck yes. Lance Archer versus Bad Luck Fallet. Is other. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely has a chance to be ugly. Naito versus Tai Chi, night four. I hated their match from what was it? King of Pro Wrestling? I, I hated that match last year. Um pro- probably other. That's fair. They 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 did have one match that I really, really did like. So, um, definitely has that weird middle ground territory because that's a lot of Tai Chi matches, though, because it depends on if you're getting shitty, cliche heel Tai Chi or if you're getting Dangerous T. So, hopefully we get Dangerous T because it's Naito and hopefully at least good. Big Jeffrey Cobb and John Moxley. Uh, banger. Fuck yes. Juice Robinson and Goto. Probably good. Definitely good. Uh, could be a banger, though. Um, it has a lot of potential. Jay White and Big Tom Ishii. Banger. Jay wow. White, best wrestler in the world. I'm telling Shane Taylor you said that. <laughs> Shane, Shane Taylor or Shane McMahon? <laughs> Shingo Takagi versus poor Toro Yano. Banger. Any Yano match is going to be a banger. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that this is going to be one of those uh, sneaky Yano wins. Yeah, yeah, very possible. Um, Yano's going to pick up a, a victory or two where it's like you, you don't quite expect it. And, and uh, they Shingo, they got the loss off of him, so it, you don't have to protect him quite as much anymore. So, yeah, it, it's it's definitely possible that, that Yano kind of sneaks away with a win here. You get to hit him in the Dragon Balls and create him all up, man. <laughs> Night 5, Ibushi versus Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom rematch. Oh my god, I, I don't want anyone to die in this match. That's that's all I'm asking for, is is nobody die in this match. Yeah, but it's going to be a fucking banger. It's going to be a banger that... Uh, I, I'm worried about this match, though. I... I hope that they're they're protective because we we've seen Osprey, we've seen Ibushi, and we we know what they're willing and capable of doing if they want to. It's a long tournament, boys. This is like the third match. You, you don't have to kill each other. Yeah, I'm not as worried about Osprey as much because he's been much better about that stuff. But yeah, Ibushi likes landing on his head though. Bushi likes landing on his head, and I, I agree with you that Osprey's toned it down a little bit, but if he sees Kota trying to kill himself, he, he's a guy who wants to top himself, so he might try to do the exact same thing. Tanahashi versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, it'll be good. I don't know. 
banger implies that it's like almost high intense action the whole time and this will be more like it'll be a methodical banger how about that that's fair enough and i i agree they always have uh pretty great matches so definitely looking forward to that the big lij clash evil versus sonata it'll probably be good i'm not super high on evil and that's kind of my my hesitation here fair enough i understand that uh, I think it'll definitely be pro- probably be very good. I don't know if it'll be great banger territory, but I, I think it just depends on because uh, I I find every once in a while evil to be a little hit and miss. I like him a lot, but he does step up. So, and this is a big match for both guys. Okada and Bad Luck Fale. It'd be fine, as you said. Okada gets the the best out of Fale. That's right. And Kenta versus Lance Archer. Probably sneaky good, um, assuming Kenta is is, is Kenta, because I like Lance Archer's work. If Kenta's willing to to bump around and then show fire, like this could could be a nice little big versus little matchup here. I think sneaky good's a way good way of uh, putting it. I like that. Night six, Big Tom Ishii versus John Moxley. Uh, banger. Fuck yes, Hiroki Goto versus uh, Naito. Probably. Good. This feels like a Naito. I guess he's facing uh, Tai Chi, the the block the block match before. Uh, I I'm a little hesitant on this match though. These guys actually work really well together. I'm gonna go banger on this one. Uh, Juice Robinson versus Big Jeff Cobb. Probably good. Maybe potential banger because yeah. Jeff Cobb's really good and Juice can can step up his game. Yeah, I, I, I definitely very good to banger potential. Yano versus Jay White, the banger. Knife Pervert versus the Sublime Master Thief. And then uh, we got Shingo and Tai Chi. Um, fine. It, it'll probably be good. Shingo's good. Tai Chi. We're gonna we're gonna see a lot about Tai Chi uh, within the first couple of nights on on which Tai Chi we're gonna get. If if we get uh, Evil T, then he could have a really good tournament that that no one is expecting. If we get boring T, then we're gonna you know it's gonna suck. Yeah, I, I hope we get some fucking dangerous T, man. I want some good matches because he's dangerous, not evil. Yeah. Sorry, but that's the thing that fucking pisses me off about him is like. There are times where he's just the absolute shit. And then, like, you see, like, the matches with Ishii and the stuff he's done in the past with Tanahashi and Naito, and you're like, why can't you fucking be more like that? It's like, you're really fucking good when you do that. So, we'll, like you said, we'll, we're going to find out a lot about him in this in this G1. Night 7, Okada and Osprey. Definite, definite banger. Agreed. Abushi and Sonata. Definite banger as well. Fuck yes. Tanahashi and Lance Archer. Potential banger. Yeah, it de- definitely has potential. It depends on feel it depends on how Tanahashi's feeling going in and everything. But yeah, definitely potential here. Kenta versus Evil. Probably good. Okay, and Zack Saber Jr. versus Bad Luck Fale. Um other maybe good because uh, i'm a zach saber jr mark all i know is fucking taka better be back for the g1 tour oh my god if we don't get taka then this whole g1 is ruined i miss zach saber time 
the the whole G one is ruined if Tiger. What his mouth works, doesn't it? He can't come out there and and deliver the Zack Saber time promo. I don't care if he's on crutches or if his arms in a sling or what whatever. Wheel him on the is. wheelchair. Just have him do it from ringside. Yeah, like oh. Now this is the most concerning thing about the G one. If we if we don't have Taka, I know I miss him so much. Moving on to night eight, a match that is usually always a banger: Ishii versus Naito. Yeah, should should be a good one. Fuck yes, John Moxley versus Shingo. Oh, I'm excited for this one. Fuck yes. That that should be a real banger, assuming everything goes well. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Big Jeff Cobb versus the Knife Pervert Jay White. Possibly a banger. Cobb's good. Again, I love Jay White. Uh, this could be... It should be good at the very least, but it, it, it has banger potential. Completely agreed. Goto versus Tai Chi. Mm, it'll be fine. Yeah, I haven't been a big fan of their matches in the past. I think we'll get a lot of uh, shitty Tai Chi in this one, probably. And then Juice versus Yano. It'll it'll honestly be good. Like they they have some good uh, comedy chemistry between them. So I actually think this match will will be fit, entertaining, if nothing else. Agreed. Uh, on the night nine, Okada versus Kenta. The banger, assuming Kenta is is Kenta, even if Kenta's not, like it's tough to have a bad match with with Okada. Agreed. Tanahashi versus Sonata. They've had some great ones in the past. Yeah, Sonata. Like I, I like Sonata. I always say New Japan is is afraid to pull the trigger on this guy. He's not going to win this this G one, but this guy turns out really good matches, um, and this should be no exception. Gato's a coward. Gato is a coward. Evil versus Zack Saber Jr. It'd probably be fine. Again, Zack Saber Jr. Mark, and but not high on evil, but. It's it's tough to have a bad match with with uh, Zack Saber style. Big Willie Osprey versus Bad Luck Fale. <sighs> Probably just fine or good because because Osprey is, is that good, but it's tough to say any Fale match is going to be a banger. Yeah, I, I think Osprey is going to. I have a feeling he's going to be able to get into that Okada Tanahashi Nakamura area where he drags like a good to very good match out of Fale. Cause he's just been fucking on so much this year, so it'll probably be good. I wouldn't. I I highly doubt banger, but at least good. And then Kota Ibushi versus Lance Archer. Potential banger again. Like I I'm high on Lance Archer's tournament because he's working with a lot of good guys, and the the Osprey match maybe has clouded my my view of him but he's he's working with osprey again he's going to be working with obushi yakata like he's working with guys on that level and he's shown he can raise his game to that level and, and this is another chance for him to prove it yeah and um I, i'm kind of excited for that one too because it, i think it'll be very similar possibly to the osprey archer match which is a good thing night 10 uh got a serious one here Naito and John Moxley. I'm really looking forward to this match. The dynamic between these two will be 
very interesting. It'll in terms of quality, it'll most likely be a banger. I'm more interested in just the character work and the kind of aesthetics of, of both men more than the the actual quality of the match. Yeah, I, I I'm looking forward to that one too. I want to see how they work that one. It'll be really interesting. Juice Robinson versus Big Tom should be good. Maybe maybe reaching banger because because Ishii's great and, and Juice can can raise his game. Yeah, looking forward to that. Jeff Cobb gets his rematch with Tai Chi. Um, their their match was was fine when Tai Chi won the title. Nothing spectacular off of my my vague memory of it, but should should be fine. Yeah, chaos goes to battle as Goto battles Yano. Banger. Yano with the low blow and cradle baby all day yes. long on Goto. This does, this does feel like a Yano win, yeah. honestly. And then Shingo versus your boy Jay White. Oh, I'm looking forward to this match. Really looking forward to this match because Shingo's outstanding and, and Jay White is no one wants to give him the credit of, of how good he is, but he's outstanding as well. I, I think this match, it's not gonna be like match of the tournament. Could could top Moxley and Naito. Alright, night eleven, Kenta versus Sonata. Uh should potential banger. Again, a lot's gonna depend on on Kenta, but potential banger. Will Osprey versus Zack Sabre Jr. These two have had some great fucking outings in the past. Should be a banger with ease. Yeah, I I love I love both of these guys. Okada and Lance Archer. Again, potential banger. Yeah, love it. I I'm really, I I'm really hoping Lance Archer kind of breaks out here because, I mean, I don't expect him to be like a major major single star. Uh, but with Davy Boy Smith Jr. gone, if he has a really strong G1, it's just going to add another another guy you can put in US, IC, and never title matches and potentially heat up once a year for a world title shot if you need to. And I think he has that ability. So, yeah, definite possible banger here. And uh, looking forward to his tournament, honestly. Uh, Tanahashi versus Evil. Should be fine. Almost feels like a night off for Tanahashi. Uh, yeah, I think it'll be good. I, I don't. I don't feel it's going to be great. And then Kota Ibushi will try to drag something out of the bad luck valley. Yeah, I hope Ibushi doesn't kill himself. That that's my theme of this tournament: is don't kill yourself trying to get valley over. Hell yeah! Night twelve, Naito versus Juice Robinson. They've done some great stuff in the past. Definite banger potential for me. Yeah, agreed. Big Jeff Cobb versus Shingo Haas fight. Looking forward to this one. This should be just another outstanding match in an outstanding tournament. Yeah, both guys love them. Going to be great. Uh, another chaos battle. Uh, Ishii versus Goto. Should should be good. Maybe potential banger because Goto can can raise his game and, and Ishii is probably gonna have a really strong tournament. So I it's a it's a sneaky, sneaky good match. Yeah, both guys always step up into G one, so I think definite banger potential. Uh Tai Chi versus Jay White. It'll be fine. Probably Jay White needs a night off from carrying this entire tournament. And then what may be the match of the century, Jeremy, John Moxley versus Toru Yano. <laughs> I'm, 
I hope Moxley comes out with a pooper scooper and they they just do Dean Ambrose Toro Yano comedy bits. Maybe it won't maybe happen. maybe Moxley can bring out Mitch the potted plant. Yeah, sure. I just want to see his reaction when Yano removes the buckle pad and tries to attack him. And, ho- <laughs> and hope Yano hits him and he just kind of no-sells it like, it's a fucking pad, dude. It it will be interesting to, to see the, the Moxley dynamic in this match because is he just going to drop that, you know, basically his whole Dean Ambrose comedy nonsense? I like your idea if he hits him with the pad and Moxley's just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, okay. You just hit me with a fucking pad. They're like, why is this supposed to hurt me? Or will he kind of ham it up a little bit? So I'm looking forward to this match, honestly. Yeah, it'll probably be fun. Night 13, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Kota Ibushi. A rematch from last year's G1 final, which I thought was the best G1 final ever. Yeah, that match ruled last year, and... They probably won't top it here just because the, the stakes are lower, um, but but still should be a banger. Okada versus Sonata, a big rematch. I think banger potential, and I think this is where Sonata gets his win. Gato's a coward. Okada's going to win. Nah, I don't know, dude. I, I think Sonata gets, gets the win here. He needs it desperately. Will Ospreay versus Evil? Uh, should be fine because Osprey is great. Uh, pr- uh, probably good. When I say fine, that, that's fine is grading on the G1 curve of it'll be an unmemorable match in a tournament filled with just outstanding matches. Fair enough. Zack Sabre Jr. versus Lance Archer in a battle of Suzuki Goon. Yeah, should should be should be a good match. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, Zack work against a much larger opponent too. That's always interesting because. That's the best thing about his submission game stuff is that it makes him viable against a lot of different guys. Right. And then uh, hopefully Kenta will survive this match working Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, yeah. Um, good good luck to, to Kenta. He might need a night off because if he's going out there to bust his ass and, and prove himself leading up to uh, this match and throughout the tournament, like he's, he's going to need that night off. I'm hoping this ends up one of those quick matches because uh, they've done like uh, quick countouts with Fallon in the past and stuff for DQs, so probably would be for the best, especially this deep into the tournament for Kenta. Uh, it doesn't matter who wins; I just think a short match would be best. Night four, agreed. Night fourteen, we got some real interesting shit going on here, Jeremy. Naito versus Shingo. It'll be like the the match quality. It can't like won't be doubted it's going to be a great match but yeah the the lij dynamic here will will be very interesting to to see because shingo is definitely a guy who doesn't necessarily need to be an lij he can can stand on his own or be a leader of his own group so going up against uh the the leader of lij it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun dynamic uh yeah i i'm very much looking forward to this think it'll be great the OG Knife Pervert Jay White versus Knife Pervert 2.0 John Moxley. Looking forward to this match. I hope they both just come out with knives and then Will Ospreay comes out with a sword and cuts their heads off. Uh, I honestly should should be good because they're both a li- Actually, now, now that I'm thinking about it, could be 
kind of clunky because they are a little unorthodox in their style and that might not mesh too well. Yeah, I think that's actually a very fair assessment of the match. Um, Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb, Hoss fight. Yeah, should should be good. Definite banger potential. Juice versus Tai Chi. Um, next. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, Ishii versus Yano. These two actually had a really fun match last year when Yano was doing his fair play shtick, and uh, hopefully they can do that again this year. Love it. Should be a banger. All Yano matches are bangers. Night 15, Okada versus Evil. Uh, should, should be good. Yeah, uh, they had a really great match the year Evil beat him, and uh, hopefully they can try to recreate some of that. Uh, Kota Ibushi and Zack Sabre Jr. Looking forward to this one. Banger. Zack Sabre. Always love Kota Ibushi. And this will be a match where Kota doesn't have to get dropped on his head, but he probably will just because he's Kota Ibushi. Big match, Will Ospreay versus Kenta. Oh, looking forward to this one, too. Put it in my veins right now. Love it. Yes. Can't wait for this one. Tanahashi will try to work his yearly magic against Bad Luck Fale. Yeah, it'll it'll probably be good because Tanahashi is they they've got good chemistry and Tanahashi can always play the the underneath guy and and Fale is a good person to play underneath against. And then we have Sonata and Lance Archer. Uh, could could be a good match again. I like Sonata and and Lance Archer. Archer could be in for a strong tournament. Night 16, big match for Jeff Cobb as he faces Naito. Potential banger, because um, Jeff Cobb's great, and Naito will, will be working hard this tournament, I assume, was a, a given a, as long as his neck doesn't give out on him. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one, Jeremy. Big Tom Ishii versus Shingo. Yeah, another great match. This definite, will rule the fucking world. Definite banger. Love it. Goto versus John Moxley. Good match, maybe banger, because uh, because Goto does step up and Moxley. We'll we'll have to see Moxley. The G one grind isn't something he's like. The WWE grind is is tough. Obviously, it's not quite. I don't think anything's on the level of the G one grind. Well, yeah, and to be fair, they're two totally different grinds. I mean, the WWE schedule is just a a tedious schedule of tons of travel, but a lot of house show matches are, you know, light work. And a lot of the guys try to lay back and have fun to whereas a lot of these matches are guys going full out over a short period of time. So yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, spry he is this late into the tournament. Yeah. Uh, Juice Robinson versus Jay White. Uh, probably be good. They, they have good chemistry against each other. Yep. And Yano versus Tai Chi. Definite banger because of Yano carrying Tai Chi to the best match of his career. Night 17, Okada and Ibushi. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. Um, looking forward to this one. And we're getting into now like tournament matches where you, you kind of know how, based on the layout, how these things are, are going to gonna shake out. And... Um, you know, this is the final night for the A block, and you would assume Okada will be near the top, and Obushi will probably be near the top as well, given that he's working with Okada on this night. Agreed. Uh, Tanahashi and Osprey. 
same thing, two guys who should be at the, the top of the the leaderboard here. And so the stakes are going to be high in this match, and it'll probably be a great match. Yeah, definitely loving it. Kenta and Zack Sabre Jr. Looking forward to this. It'll be different for, for Kenta, and not, not necessarily a night off, but something that won't have to be quite as high intensity. Because Kenta, it's the same thing with, with Moxley of that that grind. He, he's, he's never done the G1 before. Um, he's been in WWE for a while. We already know he's kind of made of string at this point anyway. So how is he going to hold up to all of these matches? Yeah, definitely agree. And then we got a uh, evil versus Lance Archer in a Hossie battle. Yeah, uh, could, could be good. The final night for these guys, it's not going to mean anything, but Lance Archer might want to cap off his tournament with a, the strong performance here. And then you have Sonata and bad luck Fale. Probably the worst match of the night, and it's not your fault, Sonata. Fair enough. Uh, and then the final night for Block B, Jeff Cobb versus Toriano. Banger. Big Tom Ishii versus Taichi. Will be good, and I've been burying Taichi, but Ishii, we know we're going to get uh, Dangerous T in this one, so I, I, I think this will be a good match. Yeah, uh, Juice Robinson getting his rematch with John Moxley. Well, they I mean they had a great match just just a couple weeks ago at Best Super Juniors Finals and assuming Moxley is is ready to go and uh, this match I don't know if Juice is going to be super like Juice probably won't be in it too much Moxley there might be like an outside shot that this means something for him but but still should be a good match. Yeah, I definitely think that there's going to be a chance that Mox is in play and that not only does Juice ruin that for him, but the win gets him his U.S. title rematch. But I'll definitely see what happens. That makes sense. Uh, Hossie battle, Hiroki Goto versus Shingo. Outside shot that Shingo, uh, this match means something to him as well, and uh, he'll be motivated to work hard if if that's the case. And, And Goto, he's usually always motivated for this tournament. Yeah, I definitely agree. And then closing things up, Jay White versus Naito. And this will be the match that has the most meaning of, you know, th- this will probably decide the block, uh, I would assume. And it'll probably be a great match just because the, the drama will be there. The work will be good, but you get the extra factor of just the drama of this potentially siding the block. So the question now is, Jeremy... Who wins block A and who wins block B? Oh, we, we've talked about this before. It seems like Naito is the pick to win block B. It, it feels like it's his block to lose based on everything we know about New Japan booking. Jay White is there. He will obviously be in the mix considering he's, he's facing Naito on the final night. The other guys, I don't really see them because... You know, Moxley's not gonna win win the block. He, he he might be there near the end, but he's not winning. Juice, he's he's not winning. Uh, Cobb, Yano, Goto, Shingo has an outside shot. Ishii might have an outside shot. Taichi, 
you look at these guys and it's like, yeah, no one stands out as that's your block winner uh, outside of Naito and, and Jay White. I I will go safe and, and go with Naito to win block B. Block A is much tougher to predict because you've got Okada, Abushi, Tanahashi, and Osprey. So you've got four guys right there. I will go with Big Willie Osprey. That's actually what I was going with too because I think the uh... – I think to kind of justify the Osprey G1 run, you'd go ahead and you get him in the finals, and then you know you have a potentially epic final with him and Naito, with Naito going over, heading to the dome, and then because like Abushi's like the second chance shot for me, and I think that there's definitely a chance with him, but I think they may want to shy away from a fourth Abushi Naito match this year. And save that for later on, and hopefully they don't kill each other. So yeah, yeah I, I'm definitely I'm going Osprey and Naito with Naito winning, but I would not be surprised if Abushi sneaks in there. That that was my thinking as well. Is Abushi does seem like a a logical choice to to win the block. My issue is if J or if Naito wins his block, doing Naito and Abushi again even though it'll be a great match we we've seen that a lot and it just doesn't feel like that's something I mean New Japan does it they'll give you these these matches that you you've seen of a few times but for the most part and I'm mainly talking about Okada and Sonata but for the most part they like to stay away from giving you the same match uh, 30 times a year and this would be what the the fourth Naito and Ibushi match in six months maybe a, a little bit more than that so it feels like they'll they'll want to stay away from that and that's why that's why I ultimately went with with Will Ospreay now if Jay White wins block B but I, I guess we won't know who wins block B before we know who wins block A um, so that might actually give you insight of whoever wins block a might give you more insight of who could win block B for the final night. But if Jay white wins block B, you could go with a bushy winning block a. So they they've certainly got options and, and that's always good. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my secondary choice as well. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense to do either one. Um, I think Naito though, I think you really need to kind of tell that story though, and give him that big dome win, which, uh, a lot of people are still upset that he didn't get the last time. So uh, it'll uh, hopefully we will see what happens, and that works out well. But, Jeremy, I am fucking excited for this tournament, brother. Oh, it's going to be good. It is it is a grind. You know that better than, than anybody. And this year, there's... Like there's less matches that you feel you can miss um, and take the... Yeah, you you review everything live, so so you don't take any of this stuff off. But you know, in previous years, you, you get those, you get your Yano's, your your Fale's, um, your your um, what what's his name? Yano's partner, whose name Makabe's. Uh, last year, like Tamatonga, like you get all these guys, and it's like, all right, you can you can skip these matches. They're they're nothing. Like there's a lot less of that this year, and. It's gonna to be tough to 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 miss this stuff because this tournament is like this is a stacked stacked tournament. So it's it's gonna be a great tournament. It's gonna to be a long tournament, but it'll be it'll all be worth it in the end. G one is is always fun. Yeah, it's honestly for me, it's like the most wonderful time of the year, and I uh, 
if you don't watch a lot of New Japan, but you're someone who just can appreciate really, really great wrestling, uh, this is the time to jump into New Japan World for a month. This is the time because you don't have to watch live and you don't have to watch the whole shows because you can just skip the first half of the show, which are the undercard tags, and just watch the tournament matches. And I try to give recommendations on every review, uh, not just the star ratings, but I'll also say, like, you know, the, if you're cherry picking, these are the one, two, three, four, or five matches you need to see this night. Um, but it's, uh, I think, I know a lot of people that get into New Japan through the G1 because they just want to see a lot of great wrestling. And that's what you're going to get. And I am just really looking forward to it as always. Yeah, you, you get great wrestling. You get long-term stories being told because this, this tournament lasts a month, and so there's different threads woven in and out throughout the tournament. It's You're paying for, I guess you'd be paying for two months of New Japan World because it starts in early July and ends um, kind of middle of August, so technically two months. So you're paying 20 bucks to, to get this entire G1, and you will most certainly get your money's worth because you're going to get at least I, I mean just the finals will probably be a classic opening night there's usually for both blocks there's usually a classic in each block um the the final night there's usually a classic in each block like you're gonna get like f- at least five classic matches and and that's just based on tournament learning history that doesn't even count just you look at the matchups that we all ran through and we told you how many potential bangers there there should be in this tournament so you're paying 20 bucks for at least five classics and and so much more so it's worth it and not only that too for those of you that kind of like the track things like the g1 always pumps out a lot of your top like match of the year caliber you know, the top matches of the year. And for a lot of people really locks in like your candidates for like wrestler, wrestler of the year, most outstanding performer of the year, because like, like the past couple of years, like guys like Ishii just run through this tournament with like a s- insane series of bangers. And then like Will Ospreay just had like pretty much the greatest, best of super junior run in terms of overall match quality in the history of the fucking tournament. And now he's going to have a chance to do it again in the G1 in an insanely stacked block. Okada, Tanahashi, Kenta, even Archer and him. I mean, because they had a great match already. So it'll be really interesting to see just how everything works out. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Going to be a long grind. Make sure you join me for the reviews. It's going to be fun and uh as Jeremy and I podcast through the month, we'll try to give our takes on a lot of the G1 stuff, and it's definitely going to be a good time, Jeremy. I would be shocked if Will Ospreay doesn't lock up um, Wrestler of the Year with this tournament based on his Super Junior run and just how good this guy is and, and the block overall. like It's it's his to I think he's already the leader in the clubhouse thanks to the best of the Super Juniors run, and now you give him all that he has to work with in the G1 yeah, I think he's gonna lock everything up after this. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great tournament, and it'll be fun to uh, wake up early every morning to to watch these matches again. And then you look at some of the Osprey stuff outside of New Japan. He had the Bandito match over WrestleMania weekend. He had the uh, 
a kid match, and I think it was in Spain, which just got a ton of buzz and was excellent. And then you add that into like just everything else he's done, and yeah, definitely he's a he's making a strong fucking case for himself. And uh, the G one will definitely be another chance for him to just add to that resume. So Jeremy and I will be back late Sunday night after the Stomping Grounds pay per view. We will review that show and then we will preview the ROH Best in the World show and the AEW Fighter Fest show. And so I want to thank you guys for joining us. Remember, you can follow the 411 on Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and the 411mania.com website. Jeremy, anything you have in closing? Um, no, I'm looking forward to previewing ROH Shane McMahon. There you go. So we will have a good time. And uh, again, thank you guys for listening. If you have time, subscribe and share us around. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And until next time, have a great week and happy wrestling.